Yeah. 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 Chrome hearts at the Caesar's Palace. I was a sneaker savage, undefeated baggage. K-Bar, you can be established. A 230s, that's 69s. You can eat a salad while you feed a phallus. I speak in pallets that compete with graphics. And it's Monday. I got it right today. It's Monday. All right, we're back to our regularly scheduled time, regularly scheduled program. That is Mano a Mano. We're live, and I'm with Kenny T. How's it going, Kenny? Can't complain. Live from New York. Good energy. It's Monday. We back. Had an all right fight weekend, and we ready for the even crazier fight weekend coming up. Oh, yeah. I can't wait until this weekend because Baturviev is going to be taking on Smith. And look, the thumbnail of today's episode says what? The good, the bad, and the ugly. But you know what, Kenny? I want to start off with the ugly today, okay? I want to start off with what I've called the ugly. Now, um, I didn't watch the fight live, right? I actually watched it on a treadmill. I was just trying to get some some walking in. Actually, it was an elliptical, uh, you know, I uh, was trying not to work my neck too much because it's bothering me, mostly the neck, the legs. And I watched it uh, the following morning, Sunday, but I knew you were live in the house. So I want to get a fight report from you, Kenny, on how things went down there at uh, Berlanga against Angulo. But before we get to that, okay, I've got to big up the people that got here early, all right? I'm talking about boxing is corrupt as F. Big up, Bredrin. All right, you were here first, all right? We also got the dawn in the heezy. Not to mention Mr. Tony Pugilist, all right? Unfortunately, I wasn't able to make it to uh, my brother Trav and KG's show this afternoon. Okay, I always try to plug the undefeated, all right? I had a doctor's appointment that I had to attend, but I will be back, defeaters. I will be back, all right, to uh, defend my heavyweight title of the world, all right, as I usually do when I'm on that program, the heavyweight title of boxing debate. Tony knows what time it is. Ding the bell for Tony. But KT, K.O. Kenny, by the way, if you haven't checked out the EP, all right, all on the table, make sure you do that. Kenny's put out some music. You, got, you guys should all take a listen. All right, but let's get right into it. I want the fight report, KT. I want to know your perspective of what went down at the Hulu Theater this past Saturday night in Manhattan, New York City, New York. Floor is yours, Kenny. Well, uh, let's start from the top. First uh, couple rounds, let's say the first four rounds, uh, I had it, let's say, 2-2. After that, I stopped scoring the fight, and I started more so watching and trying to take some pictures and such. Uh there was definitely controversy in the, in, in the stadium, you know what I'm saying? At, at certain points, uh, there were a very little bit of booze from the crowd because there wasn't much happening from Berlanga. And at certain points, they were screaming, Edgar, 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 Edgar. So, you know, the hype was all over the place. Uh, the, but the judgments were definitely mixed. Some people in the uh, in the press row, they, they felt that Angulo won the fight. There was... Uh, like three people to my left that felt like Angulo won the fight. And then mostly everybody to my right felt that it was either a draw or that Berlanga was going to get the win. 
I myself felt that Berlango was going to get the win, definitely. Not because he did anything outstanding or did anything that, that deserved him to win the fight, but because he is the guy that they want to win the on Puerto Rican weekend in New York City at Madison Square Garden. And and Angulo didn't do anything that was terrific to say that he won that fight. That fight could have definitely been a draw. But at the end of the day, the day when they have the guy that they want to win already, the other guy's gonna have to go in there and beat him, beat him up badly, or 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 knock him out, or do something which Angulo didn't exactly do. Neither did Edgar Berlanga, but it was it was it was it could have definitely been a draw. There was a good amount of back and forth action at certain points, and there was uh, definitely some lost emotions and such at certain points from Berlanga as well. Big up Kenny for showing up and showing out there in uh, Madison Square Garden. I got to admit, Kenny, uh, you know, uh, I was watching it, like I said, on on a cell phone. So I definitely wasn't judging it. OK, but I didn't really think that Berlanga did that well. You know, I don't I don't really think he clearly won the fight. And as someone who's coached sports, I know you've coached sports, Kenny. It seems like they they got rid of Andre Rosier to try to maybe put the blame on Andre Rosier. But I didn't see much imp- improvement. You know, I saw a guy who went from a plotter to kind of trying to be a counterpuncher, and I didn't find that it was very effective at all. You know, um, I, I didn't really see him hurt uh, Angulo at any time, and that's significant considering that he's supposed to be a big power puncher. And you could argue that maybe he marginally outboxed Angulo, but Angulo's not really known as a sweet scientist, you know, a good boxer should be able to outbox Angulo, you know? Uh, I mean, it just doesn't lead to me, A, wanting to see uh, Edgar Belanga anytime soon, really. I'm going to just be honest. I think he's a great guy. Like, I've met him. You know, you got an interview with him. He seems very cool and all of that. But in terms of excitement, I think the excitement's gone now that the knockout streak is out of the way. Um, I mean, there was some excitement in that fight with uh, uh Caceres, right, where he got knocked down and had to get back up, but the Rolls fight was not very exciting, and this fight wasn't very exciting either, so A, I don't really know if I want to see him again anytime soon on a big stage like this, you know, headlining at Madison Square Garden, Hulu Theater, uh, Puerto Rican Day Parade weekend, and then the third question I have, Kenny, you may disagree with me, but I'm going to say it like this, I don't really think he's top-tier at 168, I don't see him beating the top tier guys at 168. And what do you think about that? What, what, where do you kind of see Edgar Belanga in the landscape of the 168 pound division? Because I don't see him at the top. What about you, Kenny? No, no, I don't see him at the top. Uh, I, but I do have to go back to one thing that you said, and that is that. Uh, as a power puncher, Berlanga didn't even buzz Angulo. He didn't, but I didn't expect Berlanga to buzz Angulo because if you saw the fight with uh, Angulo versus Benavides and Angulo versus uh, your boy Zuldo, uh, he didn't get buzzed in any of those. They couldn't hurt him. And, and you know, Benavides, in, in my opinion, it's not like I've taken a punch from either of these guys, but in my opinion, Benavides is probably the bigger puncher over Edgar Berlanga. And he he stopped him by a TKO, or it wasn't really a TKO. The corner said, uh, he's there's no way he could win this fight. They called it off, but he wasn't beat up or hurt. He was completely fine. Angulo, that is. So I didn't expect Berlanga to go in there and knock out Angulo anyway. 
I knew I knew this fight was gonna go all the rounds, all 10 rounds. But is Edgar Berlanga top tier at the 168 pound division? I at this point I'm gonna say no. Uh I didn't think he was at the top tier of the 168 pound division. If anything, it was the 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 hype between b- behind the first round knockouts and the fact that he's Puerto Rican, he has a hell of a, a large Puerto Rican backing and following here in New York. Uh, in New York is the only place where I think that he'll be able to headline a card and sell out the Hulu theater or anything like that due to all the Puerto Rican support that he gets in New York State. But I don't think he should be headlining a card anytime soon. Uh, I do think he looked better than than not even better. Just It was just a different fight than the fight against Rose. It was a different fight because Angulo was trying to come forward. But I wasn't impressed because he was with Angulo coming forward, he was supposed to be giving him the power punches because that was his complaint with the fight against Steve Rose. That was his complaint regarding that Steve Rose was just trying to run away and not, not coming forward enough. So since Angulo was coming forward and trying to get in the heat, I think everybody expected much more when everybody didn't see much more is that all the disappointment has come. But no, he's not He's not a top-tier dude right now at the 168-pound division, but he has a long time to get there. The dude is very, very young. I think that, I think that if they keep on promoting him as this next top dog dude, everybody's going to continue feeling this way. If they keep on having him headlining cards and doing all these things, everybody's going to continue feeling this way because, like, overhyping. Everybody's expecting something that's not going to happen. If they just put him in as, like, a, a co-headliner, the second fight of the night, and then put somebody else as a, as a headlining fight or something like that, I think everybody will be fine of, you know, whatever his performance was. You know what I'm saying? It's not like it's not like he did what Jose Vargas did and went in there and got knocked out for a second guy by us for a second time by a guy that goes by the lone wolf that nobody really knows and was it and he was supposed to beat you know he was definitely supposed to beat him so look I'm gonna share my screen over here because what I have lined up all right is the 168 pound division the landscape of the division and I just want to kind of situate Berlanga and kind of discuss real quick, kind of like where he lands, where he sits uh, within this division, because, you know, you put him in with a guy like Pavel uh, Silyagin, the, the Russian fighter, he could take an L, right? Uh, you put him in against Eidos Yerbos Nuli, he could take an L. You put him even against Zach Parker, you, he could take an L. These are the top one, uh, number one ranked guys across those divisions, you know, it's like, where do you put him here? I mean, he could potentially lose to a lot of these guys. Carlos Gongora, you know, uh, David Lemieux, like uh, Daniel Jacob. So the problem, Kenny, that as I see it, all right, and I can throw up the screen share again if you want to discuss this further, is that when you got a guy headlining at the Garden, granted it's the Hulu Theater, right, you've got to put him in with an opponent that kind of, meets at least the level of a main event, right? You can't put him in against guys like almost no one's ever heard of, which is why they had to go this past week into Angulo. Because if they go and pull out some uh, 25th ranked guy or 35th ranked guy or 50th ranked guy, that's not a main event, right? So what I think they should do is get the guy off TV, get him off of main events, and work to develop them. But I want to go back to what I said before, and I'm going to ask you this after I throw up uh, Remy, because I got to big up Remy. 
I want to know, did you see any improvement since he switched from Andre Rozier? But before you enter that, let me big up Remy. Okay, because Remy just became a member of the channel. Salute to you, brother. The memberships help a lot. All right, I got a big, big boost by going out to Vegas. I told my my members this uh, last week. And, you know, it's the memberships. It's the it's the super chats. That all goes back into reinvesting into the channel. Equipment, going to cover fights live. So I appreciate you, Remy, for joining and becoming a member. So right back to you, Kenny. Any improvement uh, now that Andre Rozier is gone? Like, well, what, what are you, your thoughts on on you know, his development uh, from the Rolls fight to now seeing him live facing Angulo? I mean, that's a difficult question to answer specifically only because uh, both fights were fought in two completely different styles. You could say that he improved in one thing and he digressed in another thing. So, you know what I'm saying? Uh, for In this fight, he threw the jab a little more precisely and, and, and a little more, like, it was just more correct. It was more straight, more powerful. You know, the jab came out with more powerful, faster, straighter, not this, like, hook kind of jab that he was trying to do without the complete range and the footwork the footwork was proper behind the jab and he was doing the one two very well throw throwing the, the the right hand to follow uh the jab uh so i thought he did that better than he did in the fight against uh steve rose, steve rose. yeah but it was a different style fight you know uh he he wasn't coming forward in this fight. He was on the back foot in this fight. You could say his ring generalship was somewhat off in this fight because he wasn't the guy who was somewhat the aggressor trying to come forward and impose his will. That he took a law, uh, uh, he digressed in that category. Um, he, he he wasn't necessarily throwing hooks like that. Yes, yes, he threw a few of them and they weren't as wide as they were in the fight against Steve Rose where he was only trying to throw power hooks, but he wasn't throwing enough hooks now. It's like uh, his gas tank wasn't exactly there. They completely changed the game plan from what he was doing against Steve Rose. So, as I said, he digressed in some things. He he progressed in other things. And and if they're going to continue changing like his fighting style, he's not going to develop in anything. They, they need to f- focus him on something. Yes, the jab and the straight, two great things to focus him on. But you also need to improve what he's already good at he has some powerful hooks it, it have him start including that uppercut a little more and you know what in the off season he should maybe uh not stop working out not take no off time and work on that gas tank so and so when he's getting ready for a fight instead of going to a fat camp as tyson fury calls it where he's dropping weight he'll be uh working on that gas tank working on the the fast reflex muscles, not working on just dropping weight and getting ready for the fight in that sense. No, that makes a lot of sense. And I know you were looking for improvements on the jab going into the fight, Kenny. Um, He did seem to try to set up his work a little bit more. He did seem to try to box on his toes a little bit more. Um, But I was actually hoping, and I said this before the fight, that it would kind of be more of a battle uh, between the two than kind of the Rolls fight was because Rolls didn't really want to engage in, in toe-to-toe um, for any prolonged period of time. And I, I thought that Berlanga would try to do that a little bit more against Angulo, uh, but he didn't, all right? So before we move on to the next card, Kenny, just talk about uh, what you mentioned earlier because you were there for the off-TV portion where you saw Josue Vargas uh, get knocked out. Um, so this is the the back-to-back 
uh, losses by knockout to a guy, honestly, I consider myself a hardcore head. I've never heard of Dakota Linger before. Never heard of him. Never seen him fight. Uh, if you guys want to take my, my merit badge away from me for that one, I guess I got to leave my merit badge with you guys in the chat. I never heard of this guy, Dakota Linger, uh, but he just knocked out uh, Josue Vargas. Before I get to for that one, though, Kenny, let me big up Remy again. Thank you so much. I appreciate the love, uh, Remy. Appreciate you. Appreciate the super chat. Josue Vargas, Kenny, got knocked out. What what was the, the atmosphere like? Was it shock? Was it surprise? Like, what 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 was going on there at the Hulu when, when Joshua got knocked out? It was definitely extreme shock. I was shocked. Everybody, oh, you know, it was, it was, everybody was in disbelief because, as you said, not many people have heard of Dakota Linger. You know, he's a dude that does have some power, but, you know, his boxing ability is probably, you know, B minus at best, C plus, you know, and, uh, he went in there and he was able to land one of his uh, powerful punches on Vargas's chin. And after that, it was game over. You know, Vargas came out looking nice in round one, like, and then round two, towards the end, man, it was just terrible. He he was looking nice with the jab. His footwork was okay. He looked like his gas. He looked like he was ready to go, you know, stylistically. The, stylistically, he was passing the eye test early on. That's until Dakota Linger landed that right hand. And it was over after that because after Dakota Linger landed that right hand and he saw that he wobbled him, Dakota Linger hopped on him. He hopped on him. The lone wolf mauled him to death, bro. He, he was throwing haymakers left and right with Josue Vargas up against the ropes. And the referees gave him so much chances. Every, there were so many chances for 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 uh, uh, Josue Vargas to continue fighting, which didn't even make sense. At, at the end, uh, the doctor came up on the ropes like, it's over, it's over, stop, stop, no more, no more. You're going to kill this kid if you keep on giving him chances. I mean, he didn't say all that stuff. That was just my interpretation of the hand swinging in the air all dramatically and shit. But a lot of people on the press row were like, damn, I don't even know where Josue Vargas goes from here. I don't know what he's going to do from here. Well, one dude was as harsh to say, I don't know. It's looking like early retirement, you know? So, yo. I mean, I, you got to re reassess whether he should be pursuing the sport. It's a dangerous game. And if you're a guy that's going to get knocked out by Dakota Linger, um, I mean, we're, th that's literally was a comeback fight. That was yeah. a... That was supposed to be an opportunity to get his confidence back, to get some work in, to probably get a stoppage victory and and look good on on ESPN Plus, right? As uh, forget who who mentioned it in the chat, but yes, it was on ESPN Plus, um, and that didn't happen. So when you're in a fight that's supposed to be a confidence booster, right, and then you get knocked the hell out so badly, actually, uh, that. Literally, the commission guy or the doctor or whatever has to literally go up on the apron because the referee knows this kid's the A-side. Like, I got to get let this guy go as long as possible. That's my interpretation of what the referee was doing. He should have stopped that fight. The, oh, the, definitely. The official steps on the apron is, like, going crazy. Like, stop the fight. Stop, just like you said. What you saw is, like, what I saw when I watched it back uh, I got we got the ugly coming up next, but I gotta be honest. I'm sorry, sorry, we got the the bad coming up next. But I gotta be honest, that was also part of the ugly, right? And 
Sorry, don't go move on. On, no, I would say don't move on to the bad yet because we got a little oh, more no, on the ugly. We, we do. We got a lot more on the ugly because, look, Edgar Belanga tried to take a chunk out of Romero Alexis Angulo's neck. Uh, it's a little too early for Halloween, bro. Like, <laughs> I, I, I get it. He, he's chocolate. But are you Count Chocola all of a sudden? Like, what the hell is going on? What what was ha- what what was the reaction to that live, Kenny? No one could believe that it happened. A lot of people didn't even see it happen. I I was shocked. I was like, did he just try to fucking bite him? <laughs> and, and, and a lot of people, you know, they're taking notes and writing shit, and they look, and then they started writing shit about the, the uh, dude biting them. Uh, uh, Angu- uh, uh, excuse me, Edgar biting Angulo. Yo, it was insane because. It, it, you, we couldn't really tell if it really happened. It looked like he tried to bite him, but you couldn't really see if he bit him or not. And at the angle that we're at, can't really see the TVs for replays. You're not trying to see replays anyway. You want to see the rest of the fight that's going on, the punches landing. So didn't get to see while I was live whether it was a bite or not. It looked like he tried to bite, but when I saw the the, the photos, oh my god, the photos from Google with the with the teeth and everything, I was like, I fucking knew it. I told you because it was just kind of unbelievable and hard to see. It's unbelievable to see the dude being happy, not happy, but but like celebrating, like yeah, yeah. man. I was about to Mike Tyson his ass towards towards the end of the in the in the post fight uh, commentary. He's like, yeah, I was about to Mike Tyson's ass because he was getting dirty with the elbows, bro. I didn't see that. I didn't see that much dirty work with the elbows. At least any to justify that. But look, let, let's let's have a look at it, right? Let's have a look at it. Here we go. I mean, I, I was shocked. Look at this. The hell is he doing? Look, he tried to do it twice. Look at what the hell. And the ref ain't say nothing. The ref didn't do anything. No, he. I, I mean, Tim Bradley w- w- was speechless about it. Um, you know, and that that was that. Look, there was full of ugly stuff on this. So we had the fight that was ugly. The bite was ugly. The referee work with Josue Vargas was ugly. The knock, the technical knockout itself was ugly. But I got, I, 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 I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up another ugly part. And you wouldn't have heard this, uh, Kenny. But you know, uh, when Romer Angulo, uh, sorry, Romer Alexis Angulo went to the wrong corner, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they started, or Tim Bradley mentioned, you know that. The, that the South African fighter, I'm sorry, I don't remember his name, uh, was like boxing a, a phantom, like in, in the wrong corner. He clearly had some cognitive issues. And then Joe Tessitore and was kind of laughing about it. And Tim Bradley was making light of it. To their credit, Tim Bradley's credit anyways, later on, right, uh, he apologized. But look, I don't think that anything that happens in those four corners, unless it's like corny shit, like biting somebody. Uh, luckily, he wasn't hurt by the bite, but I don't think those things are laughing matters personally. So, I mean, look, there was a lot of stuff that I would classify as ugly in that card, Kenny. Any any last comments? There was a lot of things. Even there was a lot of ugly, sloppy moments in the fight itself, too. It was just there was a lot of ugly. Uh, it was entertaining to see live. The crowd was super hype, regardless of all the ugly stuff that was going down. They loved Don Omar. They loved Edgar Berlanga. They still support the hell out of him. Uh, it is what it is. We gotta, we we gotta move forward. And and Top Rank has to 
wisely, very wisely move forward with them and very, very selectively choose their next move with them and decide whether they're going to have him uh, do another headline and disappoint people again. No, I, I agree. And I, I got I would say off TV, Skyliner is saying Eubanks versus Berlanga. I, I don't think that sells uh, enough in New York. And I don't know if it sells in the UK. Look, you know, it was big Puerto, Puerto Rican Day weekend. We get that. Uh, it's a big deal here in, in New York City. You got a few parades that take place here in New York. That's one of the biggest ones. But, I mean, let's say they put him in there in, like, November. Is that a big fight, Kenny, if he fights it, like, in November? It, 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 I, I, the, the attendance dropped a little bit for this fight. They had a pretty big crowd. But a lot of that, to me, was because of the weekend. Um, any last thoughts? And then, then we'll move on to the, ne- to the next one, which is the bad. They need to keep him as active as possible. Uh, with Eubanks versus Berlanga sell. In New York, I'm not too sure who who who's Eubanks in New York. There you don't really you know who Eubank Jr. is unless you're a real big boxing fan in New York. So it is what it is. But they do need to keep Edgar active and be very wise and selective with his next move. 100%. So uh, on to the bad. Um, look, uh, obviously I'm talking about uh, Jaime Munguia a guy I was quite high on when he was at 154. But I got to be honest, since he's gone to 160, it's just been underwhelming, underwhelming, underwhelming. Uh, And this fight was at a catch weight against Kelly. And yeah, he got him up out of there. But for multiple rounds, like he was letting this journeyman level guy. Wash him up. Yeah, like (laughs) tee off on him. Tee off. I mean... Uh... He was like the golf ball, and this dude was like Tiger Woods. It was crazy. So, you know, and it starts to call into question, like, what this guy is going to be able to do at 160. After the fight, you know, he, he said that, uh, you know, look, forget what he said, like something about los, 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 los huevitos, you know, tienen que salir or bajar or something like that. You know, the, the, the ball's got to drop, essentially when he was talking about um, Jamal Charlo, you know, but he was the mandatory for Charlo. The fight never happened. I don't know. You hear two sides of the story. You hear Charlo's version. You hear uh, Golden Boy slash Deloria's version, right? Uh, then you have uh, Andrade, who he was a mandatory for. He didn't take that fight either. He ends up fighting Kelly, um, I don't know. Is he waiting around for the payday with, with Triple G? Let's say if Triple G, I think he's going to lose to Canelo. I'm, I'm, c- I'm pretty confident about that. But maybe he gets a Canelo, f- uh, sorry, a Triple G fight at 160. I don't know. But if Kelly was able to tee off on him the way he was, I understand he got the stoppage, but even the 40-year-old Golovkin's going to be able to put in work. Uh, Ken- Kenny, what, what were your thoughts on it? Am I too harsh calling that the bad? Because I thought it was pretty bad. No, I don't think you're too harsh. I I, I think it's terrible. Uh, look, Mungi has been on this same path for a while now, uh, fighting boring fights against fighters that he shouldn't fight, fights that we know he should win by knockout, and he doesn't do it in great fashion. You know, he... Yeah, he knocked Kelly out, but that wasn't that wasn't that wasn't too pretty, man. I wasn't like 
he took way too much hit hits. The same, bro. Matter of fact, Edgar Berlanga and Mungia, their performances were similar to each other, and the fact that they both caught some punches that were pushing their heads all the way back on all sides. It, so, sweat and saliva was flying everywhere in both fights from both guys that we expected to go out there and easily win the fights against their opposition. Yes, Mungia knocked the other guy out, uh, but up until he did knock him out, it was looking terrible for Mungia. If that fight would have gone 12 rounds, boy, I would have been extremely upset if that fight would have continued going in that pattern and they wouldn't have given the W to Kelly, which probably wouldn't have happened. The same thing would have happened that happened in the Berlanga fight. People would have thought Kelly won and they would have gave it to, to Mungia. Well, yeah, and I mean, look, we, we've seen Mungia scrape by in fights that take place in Mexico as well, you know. Um, I, I just don't, I just don't get, get it, to be honest. It's like I don't understand what the plan is for Mungia. I just don't. I mean, I'm going to bring up his, his, his past few fights here, but Yo, we're, you... we're, what, what, what is Golden Boy doing? I mean, look. I got the best one. Well, hold up for a second. They got, they got, I want to hear it, but they got three fighters, right? Um, that are co- kind of potentially stars under the Golden Boy stable. Literally three. You know, you got one guy who you need to honestly put some more respect on his name, all right? But we won't talk about that, all right? We also have Ryan Garcia, right? We've got, actually, there's four there's Mungia, and then there's also, um, Ah, shit. Uh, 147, 147. Help me out, Kenny. I'm drawing a... I'm going blank right now. Um, Welterweight. Come on, help me out, chat. Welterweight. What's going on? What? what? The only people at Welterweight is Spence and Crawford, bro. (laughs) Man, I can't believe my mind's drawing a blank. Anyways, they've got four guys. Four guys, right? Um, And that's it. Virgil. Virgil Ortiz. Thank you. Good God. (laughs) <laughs> and end of the day over here guys it's been a long day yes Virgil Ortiz so they got four guys that are potentially stars Virgil Ortiz Ryan Garcia Jaime Munguia and Zurdo all right uh I don't quite know what the hell they're doing with a lot of these guys um you know and the most confounding one of the four to be honest with you is not Virgil Ortiz not Zurdo and believe it or not, not even Ryan, because he's got a fight coming up, but is Mungia. You look at his past fights, you look at this fight that just took place, and you got to ask yourself, like, what is the plan? Like, what are they doing with Mungia right now? They're, they have him fighting at a catch weight, right? Uh, so technically in the 168-pound division, right? Uh, they've got him fighting guys that, you know, don't really move the needle, that are no hopers, that have no chance of winning. And then they got him avoiding... Uh, you know, potential title fights against guys like Charlo and and uh, Andrade. So go for it, Kenny. Uh, um, no, I just uh, was gonna say uh, that these guys are identical, and then you brought it up yourself, which makes complete sense. Mungia and your boy Surdo, a record full wow. of trash people. But just you know, I'm surprised that people aren't over here saying, "Oh, nah, no, nay, no, yo, look, hey, you're crazy, Mungia will be Canelo." Come on, bro. I'm surprised I don't have I don't have people telling me that, and, and I'm not hearing that how people say it about Zuldo. Oh, nah, man, come on, Zuldo, the guy who's only fought truck drivers. The guy, come on, bro. 
The guy who's fought the retired meat factory worker. Come on, man. You're going to tell me that he can't beat Canelo? Stop. You you guys be doing the most, man. Zuldo and uh, 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 Mungia are both the one and the same, just in two different weight classes. And you know what's the worst part about it? That Oscar De La Coca is probably trying to get a bo- uh, 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 fight for both of these guys with Canelo. Who's going to get Canelo first? Zuldo or, or Mungia? Shit, I'm surprised that Oscar isn't trying to get a fight with Canelo for Virgil and Ryan Garcia too. Oh, we got we got a fighter for at every weight class for you, Canelo. Wow, uh, that's that. I've never thought of that before. But you, you're, so basically, you're saying that Oscar's literally trying to build up components for Canelo to get some get back. Is that what you're saying? He he wants the money. It's all about the money for Oscar, man. That's all right. why he's trying to wait, work with Dana White again right now. So, uh, look, um, the last time Mungia fought for a world title, right, was the majority decision that he won against the Irish-Australian Dennis Hogan. That was back in 2019, all right? Since then, and I want you to give me a number for each of these opponents out of 10. You ready, Kenny? Just give me a number, first number that comes to, to mind. Patrick Alotti. N.A. Gary O'Sullivan. Five. Turiano Johnson. N.A. Camille Zarameta. Five. Demetrius Ballard. Four. Okay, I skipped one. Gabriel Rosaro. Rosado, sorry. Five point five. And then Jimmy Kilrain Kelly. Five. I mean, this is who he's fighting, right? I mean, I just don't don't understand that personally. Um, NA is not applicable, by the way. They can't get a rating. They can't get a rating. They, they, they're not even there yet. No, no, I, I, I understood. I understood what you what you meant by by non applicable. I mean, non applicable to me also means I just don't really care about that fight. It's not a competitive fight. The guy has no chance. Um, people were kind of buzzing a little bit about Gabriel Rosado because he knocked out Beck the bully. But I, I, I firmly believe that Mungia was going to win that fight. I know you did as well, Kenny. So do you see him fighting for a world title at 160? Uh, no, I don't think he's in any way been brought up to be ready for that. I think that him fighting for a title of 160, let's bring up the rankings one more time. Him fighting for a title of 160 is just a bad idea. He's been fighting truck drivers. Yeah, I mean, I'll bring up the rankings for you right now. I got them right here, Kenny. We're looking at the middleweight division, 160. I mean, I'm guessing that's where where he's fighting, um, even though he obviously fought at a catchweight, right? But here we go. We've got uh, Jermel Charlo. Gennady Golovkin, Erislandi Lara, Gennady Golovkin, and Demetrius Andrade. Those are the official champions right now. Terrible the- fights for him. Terrible right. fights. For- also- they'll, they'll, they'll all beat him up. I think Lara's a difficult fight for him as well. Big time. Lara, Lara's good, bro. I, I, I was uh, kind of discounting Lara because he lost against Jared Hurd. And uh, that's a terrible loss to take, especially seeing the fight that Jared Hurd had right after that. But, but, but Lara looks good. He looks in shape. He was taking some hard blows, and he was eating them. He was bl- still blocking too many punches with his body, which I've never been too much of a fan of. 
But, you know, he's sitting down on his punches a little more. That's definitely, definitely a big, big challenge for Jaime Munguia. I think he loses that fight. I got you. Now, look, Kenny, I'm going to keep it real because, you know, Maestro keeps it real with Kenny T and Kenny T keeps it real with Maestro. I think you're a little bit harsh comparing a certain somebody to Jaime Munguia. I just do. So you know what? We'll, we'll, we'll give him a big... <laughs> that was Put great. some respect on his name, Kenny. <laughs> Put some spec on his name. Come on now. All right. So look, uh, I, think, I think that that was a little bit harsh, personally. Um, but, hell, you know, it is what it is. Last thing I wanted to go through, though, believe it or not, was uh, this fight here, which was actually in Jalisco, Mexico. All right. And um, it was Kiaguchi against Bermudez. It was the super champ versus the regular champ. And it was a bloodbath. Uh, it was a very bloody fight. Kiaguchi won by eighth round stoppage after getting two points deducted from him. Um, it's up to you guys whether you thought those fights were fair. Uh, those point deductions were fair. I, I don't. Really, I think that that's very subjective. But if anyone hasn't seen that fight, go to the zone app. Make sure you check it out because that was another uh, thing that I wanted to mention as the good. All right, that happened Friday night in Jalisco, Mexico, uh, Guadalajara specifically. That was a Canelo Promotions fight. I don't know if you saw it, Kenny, um, but uh, well, if, if you didn't, check it out. And if you did, quick thoughts. But if you didn't, just check it out. Mute, Kenny. Yeah, I didn't have a chance to check that one out. There was too much going on with me trying to be ready for the media coverage and such. So, no. no, I figured as much. You were really busy covering the fight at the Hulu. So, look, we've got another fight taking place this week, Kenny. And this is the really good. Because I think, personally, that this fight has potential to be fight of the year. And what am I talking about? Well, we've shown it already a couple times. The good. We're talking about Arthur Better Beef taking on Joe Smith in a unification fight. All right. I think it's a great fight. You've got the WBC IBF champion, Arthur Better Beef, Chechnyan, Russian out of Montreal, uh, now a Canadian citizen. Uh, you've got um, Joe Smith out of, I believe, Suffolk County, New York, uh, the WBO champion. They're going to be squaring off, believe it or not, in the same room that Berlanga just fought in, which is crazy to me because this is a three-belt unification fight taking place at the same venue as, as, as Berlanga uh, last Saturday. But, hey, it is what it is. Personally, I think that they should have put this in Montreal. But this is going to be a great fight. You've got two guys that can go to war. Uh, but you also got a guy in Baturviev that can really box. And I know people are going to say, well, you know, Maestro, uh, Joe Smith is a really good boxer as well. Um, you know, at what level, though, is my question. Because I saw him get outboxed by Maxime Vlasov. I'm sorry. That's what I saw. I thought Vla Maxime Vlasov beat him. Okay. Um, then I thought he got a gift decision in his home country for that WBO title. And since then, we saw him beat up a guy that he was supposed to beat because the actual opponent, Callum Johnson, 
I believe, caught COVID and couldn't make it to the fight. So, look, I think it's going to be great because I think Joe Smith is going to do what he usually does, all right, which is a lot of uh, one-two punching followed by hooks to the body. And he even does a thing where he really starts unloading with flurries, but kind of powerful flurries on the ropes when he's got you there. And I see uh, Baturi, uh, better be, sorry, being able to box uh, and be a counter puncher, but also go forward and be in the trenches when he needs to be. And I don't understand people that aren't impressed by what better Beeb's accomplished as a pro, Kenny. And, and especially what he accomplished in that last fight he had in Montreal. Gashed up, okay? Uh, gashed in, in the middle of his head, leaking, literally leaking blood, all right? Uh, you know, it's up to people to determine whether they felt that Marcus Brown headbutt was purposeful or not. But regardless, it left a huge gash in the middle of his forehead. The doctor literally said, I'm going to give you one round. And what did he do, Kenny? He pushed the fucking pedal for several rounds until he stopped him. Yeah, yeah. But specifically the round before it was stopped, he, he was told he had one round and he got him up out of there. But yes, he was fighting for multiple rounds with that gas. So I'm looking the, forward to an you, amazing you, fight. I'm sorry, I was just going to say, the ref can't stop the fight if the dude is coming forward like that and showing that the blood is not affecting him. He can't stop that fight. Oh, I'm going to give you one round. Oh, shit, you did amazing in that round. But I'm going to stop the fight because I only gave you one round. How crazy does that sound? Sorry. Go ahead. Continue forward. No, I, I mean, I get it. And definitely from a fight fan's perspective, you want to see that fight go on as long as the fighter wants it to. But at the end of the day, I also understand the bo- the the doctor's perspective because he's hired, you know, to give medical advice there. And his advice was, look, this could be really dangerous, not just because it's getting into his eye, but because he's losing a lot of blood. Like that canvas was soaked in blood. Marcus Brown's trunks were soaked in blood. Better Beef's trunks were soaked in blood. Uh, their bodies were, it was, it was crazy. So, um, yeah, Virtuoso thought it was a head, uh, probably a, an intentional headbutt. So he got through that. So we know he can deal with adversary, adversary. We know that he got put on the ground by, by Callum Johnson, right? And got back up and won that way too. But we've also seen him outbox people. And I think that he's a great boxer puncher. Have you seen any of the shoulder programming, Kenny? Shoulder programming. Yeah, yeah, these these documentaries that, that are on YouTube now kind of kind of uh, pushing the fight. They, yeah, they, so I, saw, I saw a couple, yeah. Boy, they've been great. And what I really have liked to see is his strength and conditioning coach up there in Montreal putting them through those those workouts. I know you're big on, on workouts, Kenny. I was very impressed by the work that he's putting in. Very functional weight training. I loved it, you know. Definitely, definitely extremely impressive. Uh, he's not a dude that play games. He's there to take all the struggles. He Like, like I've been saying for a while, he be wrestling bears and shit with, with, with Khabib. Nah, nah, but on some real shit. He, he's, he's seriously not there to play games. He takes his fights very seriously. He takes his training very seriously. And as one of the documentaries, one of those little short documentaries said, you don't want to get the man mad. You've seen what happened after Marcus Brown got him mad. He, Marcus Brown was up and out of there brutally with fourth. After that, he was coming forward like a tank. That's exactly what we're going to see. Probably for the whole fight because you know what? Joe Smith Jr. is not going to intentionally headbutt uh, better beef. And uh, and he's not going to f- fuck him over like that. He's not going to be bleeding down the head. This is going to be – this is going to play out. I'm telling you, my opinion is it's going to play out. 
for Beterbiev or Beterbiev, however you say his name. Yeah, I, I asked a, a Russian journalist, and he told me uh, it was it's actually better Beterbiev. I, I, sorry, better beef. Because I was going back and forth with D Style before. I used to say Beterbiev, but my my man Stan from AllBoxing.ru, one of the biggest boxing websites in the world, but it's it's a Russian website. He he told me it's better beef. So that's coming from a Russian speaker. I'm sorry to interrupt. Good. Kenny. Nah, sounds good. Better beef it is. Um. But I definitely think Better Beef is going to impose his will. He's going to come forward. He's going to take some good shots, too. But I'll tell you this much. At the end of the day, the power of Better Beef, the defense, the boxing ability, he's going to come out and he's going to win this fight. I don't see him getting knocked down uh, or knocked out. I don't see him getting outboxed. I actually see uh, um, Joe Smith Jr. slowly getting brutalized and slowly slowing down and getting beat up until the point that Better Beef completely stops him. No, I, I look. One of two things is gonna. One of three things is gonna happen, and I'll put them in order of what I what I think is most likely. Uh, better Beef by stoppage, brutal stoppage. Uh, better beef beats the brakes off of him for multiple rounds um, in, in, in just a, a brutal fight. Or, you know, we might see better beef just outboxing the dude because better beef. It, look, all of these people that want to act like he doesn't have skills. This dude was a two time world amateur champion, um, won multiple medals all over the world. He's the real deal, but he's got tremendous power. But don't let that fool you. He can also technically box your ass off as well. And if he feels Joe Smith has, has punching power and decides not to engage with him in trench warfare, believe me, he's perfectly able to outbox dude. He can do that. But, you know, I think he's going to go in there and be the better beef that most people are, are accustomed to. And, and I, you know, if I had to pick, I, I'd pick better beef by stoppage. Because the other thing, too, is... Let's not fake. Let's not let's not play games here. Joe Smith is fighting in his home country. Joe Smith is fighting in his home state. And Joe Smith, I'm sorry, he got a the last time he fought a Russian, he got a, a gift decision. Cause again, I had Glassoff winning that fight, Maxime Glassoff. So look, um that that's what I think. It seems like we're we sound like we're mostly on the same page here, fam. Oh, we're definitely on the same page. Um I just, I just don't like Smith throws a lot of punches from a whole lot of angles, jabs, hooks, uppercuts from the top angle, kind of. But I just don't see the volume of punches uh, being something that's gonna stop Better Beef in his tracks. I just don't see it like he's gonna slightly move out the way and he's gonna throw some punches in. While Joe Smith is throwing his own punches, Better Beef is gonna be throwing his punches. And you know whose punches are gonna land with more power? Better beefs punches, in my, in my opinion. Those are going to land with more power. They're going to land like bricks. And those bricks are slowly going to break down Joe Smith's body and Joe Smith's jaw. You're going to start seeing him gas out. And yeah, eventually, I'm he ain't going to be able to take that power that's just going to stop him as he's going to try to come forward with his combinations and uh, his uh, like aggressive combinations. I, that's just how I see it happening. 100% I agree. And the other thing, too, is I also think that Better Beeves got the better footwork. Uh, better Beeves manages distance better. Better Beeves able to get in and out better. Better Beeves got the shorter, quicker shots. And when you're trading hooks with someone, 
99 times out of 100, the guy who's got the shorter, quicker hook is going to land first. All right? He's a, he's a faster puncher than Joe Smith Jr. And I also think he's a bigger puncher than Joe Smith Jr. In addition to being a better boxer than Joe Smith Jr., I think Joe Smith Jr. has gone, gone very far uh, considering, you know, um, the, the, where he's from. Like, Suffolk County does, isn't really known for, like, that many world champions, at least definitely not recently. You know, uh, that's where he trains. It's not like he relocates for training camp, you know, and he's gone all the way to winning, you know, a, a WBO title. That's a, that's an accomplishment, except especially given the fact that he's lost along the way. Right. Um, and has had to rebuild himself. So all credit to Joe Smith. I just think that he's he, he's going to be out out skilled and out outgunned over here. Any last words on this fight, Kenny? Uh, Bevo is definitely uh, six. Sorry, I don't know why I said Bevo. Uh, They're both rushed. B- b- yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, better Beav is 37. I was trying to find um, Joe Smith's age right now. I was trying to find the tail of the tape right now because I wanted to actually go through that because I do believe Joe Smith Jr. is slightly taller and has slightly better reach. But I don't think that that's even going to play – is even going to matter. I don't think it's going to play a factor because – I think Bevo has the like tighter, more inside punches. I feel like Joe Smith, he does the kind of wide hook thing that Edgar Berlanga does, where he kind of comes all the way around. While while, while better Beef, he got these like little short kind of hooks that are just destruction. So I, I, look, I'm not gonna continue looking for the for for the tail of the tape. It's okay, but I, regardless of the height and the reach, I don't think that that's gonna play a factor for. Uh, Joe Smith Jr. either. I think Better B's punches are just more impactful and tighter. The hooks, the uppercuts, everything. And he does a great uh, uh, combination of going to the body and to the head. Uh, <clears throat> so I, I just think that look, man, look, man. I, I, I'm going to stop. stop talking about it. Better Beef is going to win this fight most likely by KO. What round? I'm not going to say because I don't know. Well, I, I agree with that, Kenny. And um, the other thing I want to say is, look, Philly's picking the upset. You know, he's picking the Irish bomber, a.k.a. the beast from the East, a.k.a. the common man, Joe Smith Jr. So, uh, you know, it, it would be it would be very interesting to see if that happens. But I think that if if Joe Smith does win, it's going to be a decision and it's going to be a very controversial decision. Should he actually win? Um I've dropped the link in case anybody wants to chime in on that, Kenny. And I do want to bring up one last, a couple more things, actually, before we sign off for another edition of Mano a Mano with Kenny T. All right. Episode 51. Look, I got to be honest, as I usually am. I've been really critical of ESPN lately because I really think they've been dropping the ball. Okay. Uh, they've been dropping the ball with calling Teofimo undisputed, calling Lomachenko undisputed. It's one thing to say these things, but I got to be honest, it's another thing to like actually put it up in a graphic. This is off my Instagram. I shared this yesterday. I found it on the internet. Um, by the way, subscribe to my Instagram um, and to uh, my Twitter and also hit that like button, hit that notification button, hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. All right, and this is just straight trash, Kenny. Okay, undisputed champions in the four-belt era. First of all, the four-belt era, era is totally bullshit in my eyes, but 
if you are going to say there's a four belt era, it damn well didn't start in 1988. Okay. So what they're doing here with this undisputed champions list, they're leaving off Mike Tyson. They're leaving off Lennox Lewis. They're leaving off Zab Judah. They're leaving off O'Neill Bell. They're leaving off Costa Zoo. And they're adding in guys like Teofimo Lopez and George Gambosis Jr. And I'm sorry, that is not accurate. This is straight capping, Kenny. Uh, And from the worldwide leader in sports, I expect a lot better than this because this is just dishonesty at, at, at the end of the day. Kenny, any comments? It's 100% dishonesty. It's exactly what all, every other uh, sports brand and promoter and company is actually doing as well. So I think it they're all doing it. Why wouldn't Top Rank join in the shit? Although they should give us the truth and the facts of what the truth actually is. Speaking about uh, uh, fake belts and nonsense calling people undisputed when, when they're not undisputed. Right, uh, there's something that you left out about this weekend, man. You you, you forgot about Big Boy, Fat Boy. Big they got knocked out by Dynamite. Oh, <laughs> he got knocked out by Dynamite. That was the, the Fat Boy that we all thought was gonna get knocked. That was out, that man. was good. That was bad, and it was ugly. Okay, uh, <laughs> look, look. I don't want to call the dude ugly, but I mean. <laughs> He's not in shape, uh, and the shape he came in at for that fight apparently was better shape, according to uh, Nick Campbell and the, the 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 play-by-play guy. You know, he came in like 30 pounds or something lighter than he did in his last fight, the one that you actually watched that I didn't, the one live from the bingo hall in, in, uh, in Ohio. Terrible uh, shape. You know, he came in – he came in – uh, even worse shape for that one, but he wasn't in shape. So, and the way he fought was also ugly, you know? And I mean, the bad was that they're parading this shit as the heavyweight championship of the world, which it actually wasn't. But the good thing is that Daniel Dubois got the victory. You know, it was a nice little rebound coming off of that hiccup he had where he had his orbital bone broken by none other than Joe, the juggernaut Joyce. And, um, I don't know if he'll necessarily get the big fight right away with the winner of Alexander Usyk and Joshua. You know, um, those guys get to make three consecutive defenses of the super title before they have to face a regular champion. So I think it positions him well. It was a good win. He's got a little title that he can walk around with, and hopefully he'll get some big fights. But it was just one-sided domination from beginning to end, Kenny. What were your thoughts on that fight? Thank you for reminding me about it. No problem. I definitely caught that right before leaving to the garden, and I was almost late because I waited to watch that nonsense. If I would have been late and wouldn't have gotten the passes, I would have been so upset. But whatever. Continuing on to the fights, bro, we all knew Daniel Dubois was going to win this fight. But I do have to say, what is wrong with how Daniel Dubois throws his punches? Something's weird. It's like he... He throws straight, and then at the end, he kind of curves it in. I don't know. Don't doesn't it always look like? I don't know. Like his punches land at a at a weird angle, but they always cause destruction regardless of the weird angle. Um, yeah. yeah I, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Actually, like that corkscrew punch that Triple G can throw, where he like twists it at the end. 
The thing is with 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 uh, Bryant, um, Daniel Dubois was headhunting a lot in the fight, and Bryant kept dipping low and kind of moving his head a lot, so he wasn't always able to hit him clean. You know, if I was Shane McGuigan, I would have just told him, Leo, rip it to the body, man. Just rip it to the body over and over again. Because that dude was soft in the body, as any as everybody could see, right? So, but you're right. I think the trickiness of kind of, you know, the defensive kind of head movement that, uh, you know, uh, Brian brought to the table, which is literally all he did, um, you know, and occasionally like a counter, a counter jab or a counter right hand that never really bothered Dubois all of that much. Um, but I think that was kind of it. He was kind of missing because he, you know, Brian was moving his head in the weird positions and was kind of trying to adjust at the last mi- moment to kind of catch it. Uh, but yeah, I, I definitely saw that as well, Kenny. I, I think that that Trevor Brian, if he could uh, go down in weight, like really work out and really go down in weight, I think he could possibly be a decent boxer and be much better than he is. But at the size which he's boxing at, he ain't gonna be able to move and keep up with the throwing of the punches. Keep up. He, he's not gonna be able to keep up the defense and throw punches at the same time. I don't know if you noticed in the fight, but every time Trevor Bryan was throwing punches, he was kind of not mobile. And then every time he started with the defense and everything, he would just start moving around and running, kind of running away from Daniel Dubois. Yeah. And then Daniel Dubois would start teeing off, and then it was a wrap. Well, and you're right about the body. Once he started mixing in some body punches, the knockout came very quickly after because he started dropping. Ooh, so damn, I hit my mic. He started dropping his arms down. And when uh, uh, Trevor Bryan would drop the arms down, Dubois would start coming up top. Yo, I, uh, Daniel Dubois, at the end of the fight, he called out for uh, Joe Joyce and uh, for Dillian White. What do you think about those uh, uh, fights, those potential opportunities and him calling out those people? I think that if I'm him, I would also want to avenge that Joe Joyce fight because I thought that he definitely fought the wrong style. Um, He should have tried to get under Joe Joyce's jab a lot more and rip it to the body. But he was essentially trying to get into a jab contest with him. And it was working pretty well uh, for for a few rounds. But at the same time, uh, once that orbital bone got messed up, I mean, that was pretty much all downhill at that point uh I, I i did make a mistake though he said joseph parker not joe joyce my bad my bad oh okay but i would want to get back i would want to get some get back with joe joyce that's for right. sure uh and and his yeah. promoter frank warren's son said as much and i also think that danny that uh that uh dillian white's a very winnable fight for him let's bring on rolling with the punches and then right after rolling with the punches we got philly drew drew evo a- as well Rolling with the punches. What's good, fair? Rolling, you live with us. Hello. All right, let's bring in Rolling with the punches after Drew Evo. Drew Evo, you live. Let's go. Well, first of all, I'd like to give my condolences to Don King Promotions. Okay. Let's ding the bell for Don King promotions. <laughs> I'm going to do a moment of silence for Don King's promotions and do a take out later on. But, damn, that was a – this weekend of boxing was terrible. I'm sorry. It was – like, Hyman, if, if any – I watched that Hyman here fight. It, it Look, he hit him in the, behind the head a lot. Like, did you guys see when he was in the corner and Kelly was – Moving his head, moving everything when he was going down, Hyman was just punching downwards like crazy. Yeah, he did. He did hit him in the head a lot, and the referee wasn't really doing much about it, was he? 
Now, but you wonder why? I'm going to tell you something now when it comes to Oscar and his fighters. Oscar is protecting his fighters. He kind of admitted to protecting his fighters because here's the thing. He's concentrating on trying to sell Golden Boy. And what's the best pitch to sell the company? I got three undefeated future stars, so-called stars, in my stable. Because I don't think Jaime Mejia is going to be a star. I think Ryan Garcia, as long as he gets hooked up with some, like, subpar competition, he's going to be a star as long. But he fights anybody top, fighters and everything. Mostly going to get his ass kicked. And then, and then obviously we got uh, Virgil Ortiz, who for some w- weird reason I'm going to remember his name earlier, right? But here's the thing: remember when Alexis Wilcher was being heavily invested in, and then they put him against uh, Speedy Ellis. Yes. Speedy Ellis got a decision. Where the hell has been Speedy Ellis been since being Alexis Wilcher? Nowhere. And yeah. and Alexis Ro- Rocha had a comeback fight. That 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 he won obviously against uh Blair the Blair. The Blair. <laughs> if I mean, anything, the breaks off Blair the Flair. If anything, I, I think they should invest more of the time in Speedy Ellis than everything. He has a terrific upside. He can he can box his ass off. And like he beat Alexis Rocha, which is a good fighter. Yeah. They, you can build from that, but they choose to just try to build around. Mexican, more Mexican stars and everything try to build their stable around the Mexican fighters that they have because they don't believe, I don't think they believe in what Speedy Ellis for some reason, but I think my Mojia's got a, doesn't got an upside no. at all. He, tell you the truth, someone told me, I forget who said it, they remind him of a, a total Gotti. I'm like, uh, well, uh, no. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> even though Otori got a total guy. He's got to fight somebody at the end of the day. He's fought no one since moving up to 160. No one at all. And you wonder what the craziest thing is? The best guy he fought has over 10 losses. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, you're talking about Gabe Rosado. Yeah, because I, uh, and then it's Spike O'Sullivan is the second best fighter he fought. But it's terrible how you try to hype up him, try to have a card, having him as the main event and everything. Mm-hmm. I just, every time he's main event and card, I'm second guessing myself. Why the hell do I put myself through the watch this shit? Well, you did, leave, you did leave off somebody that's possibly, not even possibly, probably the biggest star that Golden Boy has. You know, I'm talking about that. Oh, guy. my God. Oh, you know what? He, he's guy. not. I'm gonna be honest with you. There you go. I like Zoto. I like Zoto. There I you like go. Zoto a lot. Big the bell for Philly Drew. Oh my god. You know, I'm gonna tell you why. He's not the normal Mexican fighter. He's actually a good ass boxer and everything. A terrific body puncher. I, I think he has the most upside out of all these fighters on the ground. Bro. Bro, any anybody could could relentlessly punch a truck driver in the gut. Stop playing. Anybody can any, anybody can look amazing against Cuban truck drivers, okay? Put some respect on Barrera's name. Put some respect on Unieski Gonzalez's damn name, Kenny. Come on. One more yeah, put, some respect to, put some respect on my boy Jesse Hart's name. Definitely. Two times. He beat him. Two times. 
All right. And uh, no, you're you're absolutely right, Philly. And uh, yeah, we'll see where he goes because he's got to get the shot against Zordo as far as I'm concerned because there ain't nobody else for Zordo to fight right now with, with a name. So it's got to happen. He is a mandatory to Bivol, but... Yeah, that, yeah. exactly. Did, did I say Zordo? I, th- I thought I said Bivol. Yeah, I meant Bivol if I said he's got to fight. So yes, absolutely. And... Uh, Look, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens with Mungia. I mean, I, I don't really know what, where they're going to go from here, but, um, you know, uh, he does remind me, Zordo, of a, of a multidimensional, you know, uh, guy that can box, but that can also punch. I'm not going to annoy him Juan Manuel Marquez of the 175-pound division just yet. Uh, by the way, Marquez got inducted into the Hall of Fame, so I got to ding the bell for that one this past right. weekend as well. And I'll tell you this right now, there's going to be an upset this weekend. I have a huge feeling that right. Joe Smith is going to be on for Bertorov, whatever, because there's so many different ways to say his name. You got no Paul trying to spell the name out in there, trying to pronounce it. And now you're thinking, so, so Billy Drew Irish is, is picking Irish Joe Smith for the upset. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, because I'm going to tell you why. I figured, yeah. He's <laughs> Bertorov never fought anybody that's going to keep coming forward with a chin. That's gonna have so Gallum much power. Gallum Johnson. But here's the thing: Does he have as much of a chin as Joe Smith? I don't think so. But Joe, what what about the fact that Joe Smith has lost against inferior opposition to to Baturia? or better beef? Sorry, I got to start saying better beef. Better. Yeah, huh? Yo, I just have this feeling because here's the thing: Baturia hasn't been tested like that yet, and I really think at his age could play a factor finally in this fight because if this the longer this fight goes the better it suits joe smith i'll tell you that right now because there could be more of a chance that joe smith knows a good punch to stop that get the fight stopped but as long as this fight goes the longer it goes it favors joe smith there you go let's let's hear what puro chingasos has to say Uh, mexican god of boxing what's going on fam Ah, same old, same old, maestro. What's going on, Kenny? How's How you doing, going, Drew? man? Ah, it's Good going, day. man. It's going. Chilling, chilling. Just fucking around with my name a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I got it. We got a Simpsons fan in the house. So so what's up, fam? What are you thinking? Uh, I actually agree with uh, uh, Drew. I think uh, Joseph's got a really good chance. I don't know. I, I actually got a feeling uh, that he might pull it off, man. The guy could hit hard. Uh, I mean, he's determined. You know, better beef's been uh, knocked down by like lesser dudes, you know. So I think he's got a great chance. I mean, it's still got a favor, uh, better beef, but I think Joe Smith's got a chance. He's gonna pull it off. Okay, okay. We got two people so far picking uh Joe Smith Jr. All right, like I said, I mean, he got a gift. That, did you guys think he beat Blasov? Yes or no? I kind of had it very close. I had a seven five with Joe Smith at the okay. end, it was a very close fight, it could have gone either way. But I just thought Joe Smith did a little tiny bit more to, to win the court, to win the fight. Got it. And and what did the fight with uh, sorry, what what did uh, Better Beef's last fight against Marcus Brown show you? Did, did it show you wrinkles in his game? Were you not impressed? Well, here's the thing. <laughs> Early on, I, I kind of figured Marcus Brown had the right game plan, but I didn't think Marcus Brown had the power to go along with the game plan, to earn Joe Smith's respect. I mean, better be as respect enough to get on the get on the gear and be a more of a boxer. 
Belbiev was more was it kept him being the aggressive fighter to try to go for the knockout. And then when he got cut and they told him, hey, give me one round, he put in the next gear to go to knock the dude out. And that like that's what Marcus Brown, he has like lapses a lot. And people looked at it. He had lapses against John Pascal, a guy that he should have easily beaten and lost his his was it a phony belt that he lost his WBA regular title. And yeah. at that stage of his career, Jean Pascal was obviously not in his prime. Yeah, so I, he had another defensive lapse against Benavidez. Did I say it right this time? Better beef. Close enough. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so, so, so let me, let me, there's something that I have to bring up for the guys that are going uh, for Joe Smith Jr. They, they have to bring it up. Let's talk about Steve Giffard. You know, Joe Smith's last opposition, who was jabbing his fucking head off. And I'm by his fucking head off, I mean Joe Smith's head off. That fight shouldn't have gone nine rounds. Who, who's Steve Giffard? Yeah, yeah he, would, go, he Go ahead, go ahead. No, I agree. I mean, if he can go nine rounds, I mean, what does that say for his chances against Better Beef in terms of beating him? I think Better Beef's jab is better than Steve Giffard's. And Steve Giffard's, quite frankly, ain't nowhere near the skill and ability, let alone the punching power of Better Beef. And also, it was a last-minute replacement opponent. So, uh, yeah. So, I mean, um, there you go. L- listen, guys, uh, I'm going to ask you guys to have a quick look at something. Are any of you guys signed up to Hulu? I'm, I'm not a Hulu. You're a Hulu subscriber. I got to actually the Hulu TV. My oh, sister does. Oh, your sister does. So I want you guys to take. I want you guys to take a look at this, and then let me know if you're going to be subscribing. Let's go. <laughs> they call me a savage. Is that who I am? I won't give up this dream of life that leaves me alive. Yes. No. We saw a little Berlanga moment at the end over there. I don't know if you guys caught that. Uh, any interest in that KO, Kenny? You're going to be watching Tyson on Hulu? I mean, I have I have access to it already. I'm pro- I probably am going to watch it. But I do think that, that his little Mike Tyson impersonation was terrible. Terrible. Like, why couldn't you just get a dude that looked more like Mike Tyson? Or just get Mike Tyson himself, bro. He's still alive. Why get a dude to act like Mike Tyson? Regardless of the, I watch it because I don't have to pay anything extra. Okay, cool. I mean, they do need a younger guy to play Mike Tyson, though. That's true. Because, that's true. because they were talking about having Jamie Foxx play him in a movie or something. I got to keep it real. Result. I didn't. I didn't agree with that because it's like 
Jamie Foxx is like a 50-something-year-old. Like, why is he playing a 20-year-old undisputed heavyweight champion? Have you seen his hairline, though? His hairline is that of a 20-year-old, bro. <laughs> 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 Philly, Philly Drew, Philly Drew, what were your thoughts on, on seeing that? Is it too much Tyson, or are you intrigued? I'm intrigued because, to tell you the truth, they have to, they got to have more stories about boxing figures, about their past and everything. They had an Ali movie with Will Smith playing Ali and everything. I, I, this is something I would check out because it gives you a deeper look at the life of Mike Tyson. Like his trials, tribulations, his marriage. Like, hopefully, this brings up the. The, his time about his time in jail that he served and everything, and his later on in his boxing career, hopefully. Well, there you go. Uh, Pudo, you're gonna be tuning in on Hulu, you're gonna be, you know, using your sister's account to check out Tyson. Of course, I'm a, I'm a big Tyson fan. Um, I he's the greatest heavyweight I've ever seen in my lifetime, so yeah, I'm there. There you go. Uh, Pudo, any last words? Not really. Thank you for having me, um, Maestro Kenny. Uh, salute to Drew. Um, thank you. Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate you, fam. Yeah, that, that was Pudo right there. Appreciate you joining us. Uh, Philly, any last words, my brother? You picked you picked Joe Smith. Irish Joe Smith, by the way, one of his nicknames. Any last words? About that, you kind of you, you talk about the ESPN putting out false undisputed claims. Oh, yes, yes. I did bring that up, yeah. I remember when Lennox Lewis, Mike Tyson, Evander Holyfield, Horetic Bell, all was undisputed champions, and they held the IBO title. When the IBO title actually meant something, it was not a second-rate title like it is today and everything. And most of them Actually, had six spots holding with the WBO, I believe. But I may be wrong. I could be wrong. But when you have this list up and you try to credit Teofimo and Joe's Campos as undisputed champions, all these other men on the list, you're disrespecting them. Because Bernard Hopkins, my all time favorite fighter, I believe is a top five all time great in my book because of all the. Co- fighters that he fought, never ducked anybody in his career, fought them all, you disrespect him, you disrespect Jermaine Taylor, even though I thought he lost to Bernard Hopkins both times, you disrespect Terrence Crawford, you disrespect Alexander Usyk, a guy that won all his big fights in the fighter's home country. Like Jamil Charlo, a guy that went through hell with Castaño in two fights. I think you disrespect them. I think you disrespect the guys in the past before the full belt ever. This is total BS and disrespectful because I'm going to be honest. Tia Fimo and George Campos isn't close to as good as none of these men on this list. Well, I Look, there, there, there are also other people, like I said, that were, were left off. Salute to my Jamaican brethren, O'Neal Bell, lineal and undisputed uh, cruiserweight champion. He held the WBC, the WBA, and the IBF, right? 
Back when it was the quote-unquote three-belt era. Tyson, undisputed champion. Costa Zoo, undisputed champion. Zab Judah, undisputed champion. And, of course, Lennox Lewis. I mean, undisputed champion. I mean, they're acting as if there was no three-belt era here. Like, what? They're acting as if this four-belt nonsense, which, by the way, I still don't agree with. No one's ever been able to explain to me how and why the WBO title became a major title. Hey, hey, look, man, we're going to be in a five-belt era in, like, a good 10 years. So, yeah. you know, just 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 adjust with the times. It's gonna have, they, they're going to feed it to us, and we're going to be have to take it, unfortunately. You know, I went to bed one night, Kenny, and when I woke up, like, all of a sudden, the WBO was a major title. Like, how did that happen? You know, but they, it did. They paid money. But, yeah, so so there you go. So apparently somebody told me that in, like, 2007, the WBA decided to recognize the uh, unification fights with the WBO, and, like, that's when it became official. So basically we're taking directives from the WBA now? Like, really? Look, it's weird to me. It's weird to me. And Ahmed, I got to agree with you. Three belts were already too many. Uh, four belts is way too many. So that's that. Philly Drew Irish, thank you so much for uh, calling in, um, joining us today through the link. Everybody's got to check out the Shoe Shine every Monday night with my comrade Dave from the 408 and my comrade right there, Drew Evo. All right, follow Drew on Instagram, on Twitter, and, of course, he's also a gamer, just like Kenny. All right, so follow him on uh, Twitch as well. Philly Drew, thank you so much, fam. Appreciate it. Thank you. Absolutely. Uh, That was Philly Drew. Um, Good mano a mano, Kenny, man. It was a bad, ugly week. There was one good thing happened, I think, this weekend. I guess Daniel Dubois, you could throw that one in as well. But, um, yeah, uh, good one, Kenny. And let's uh, think we think we've pretty much wrapped it up. No, any any last words? No, no, that's all. That's all. We we have wrapped it up. Great show. Uh, can't wait for this weekend. And uh, subscribe to my channel as well. KO Kenny. I'll drop the link. That's about it. Subscribe, you know, make sure you stream that album. All right, that EP, all on the table. It's available on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube Music, and all your other streaming platforms. I want to thank everyone who tuned in early. I want to thank everyone who's going to tune in late because you know what? I love my on-demand guys out of the UK, okay? They're my on-demand guys. They catch it out of the UK, those GMT crew, as I call them. All right, uh, you guys tune in the following day. I really appreciate it. And everyone else who uh, tunes in throughout the week, make sure you hit that like button, please. All right, and if you're not subscribed, hit that subscribe button. Make sure you hit the notification bell and you select all. All right, so you know every time, all right, uh, I go live here on this channel, whether it's me on Monday for Mano a Mano with KT or whether it's me going live solo dolo for punchlines. All right. Make sure you tune in. Make sure you hit that notification bell. Make sure you subscribe to KT. And we out of here. This model Take care, everybody. She was all right. You know what I'm saying? All right. Hey, nigga, Pito. If you SBA pay, you call me Young Repo. Old Debo. You can rapidly move your feet so. But nigga, what's graphics to a cheat code? 
You know that Garrett ain't for the hood. Turn your cheetah into Cheetos. Flaming. Nigga think he banging. I make you take your chain out of places you should tuck your chain in. But no, we can get it back if you pay him. I make you sniff a wheel if you ever think about Jaden. Quit the parading. Lighten up like Raiden. Act your age. Stop acting like you Asian. Talking like a shaman. Make this trip short like a ride around the Caymans. All that shit you saying. This nigga acting like he was balling out in Chrome Hearts. Came out with a bag smaller than some phone parts. Fuck out of here.